Welcome to the Every Brain Matters podcast called It's Just Pot. What's the problem? Today, we have an Every Brain Matters exclusive testimony from Adam, a young man who's experiencing cannabis-induced psychosis, and his mom, Mary. If you are viewing this video on YouTube, some of the faces have been blurred to protect their identities. This content may be difficult for some viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. Psychosis is an umbrella term for significant mental disorder characterized by the loss of connection with reality. Cannabis psychosis can include paranoia, hallucinations, delusions, suspiciousness, a sense of grandiosity, and disassociations or feelings of detachment, disorganized disturbed thoughts, and inappropriate emotional responses, irrational behaviors. The THC in marijuana, even in low concentrations, can cause cannabis-induced psychosis. Youth are more at risk to psychosis, but adults are not immune. And we can't predict who is susceptible to psychosis. Some experience symptoms after using THC only a few times. For those who experience a transient psychotic break, the rate of conversion to a chronic psychotic disorder depends on the drug being used. And cannabis tops that list with a 47% conversion rate to schizophrenia. Methamphetamines is 32%. Hallucinogens are 28% and opioids are at 21%. We want to officially welcome Mary and Adam, and we appreciate you both sharing how marijuana has affected your life. That Adam is diagnosed with cannabis-induced psychosis and is healing from a recent hospitalization. Um, Adam has asked to share his testimony today because he wants other people to understand that marijuana can cause hallucinations and delusions. Um, And in the past, he's been in denial about this. Um, Adam has also shared with me that he's working hard to figure out what's real and what's not real. And I acknowledge him for his hard work. Um, I also want to acknowledge Mary's hard work and her dedication to her son. Describe what your life was like prior to using marijuana. I mean, uh, so uh, disclaimer, like my memory is still coming back, so I'm not. Um, I'm not going to be a hundred percent on this one, but, uh, before marijuana, I was, you know, I was kind of, uh, kind of a, like a rough kid. So we played really hard and like we played with, uh, airsoft guns, sticks and stuff like that. And I had a few close tight knit friends. Um, not too, I mean, I had friends outside of that too. And I was kind of a social kid, but I didn't really have to be social and things just came really easy for me. And, uh, with school it was super easy so i was a 4.0 student um i always got a's I, I didn't really have to memorize anything i would just learn it from the teacher and then uh put it on the page it was really easy for me 
Um, yeah, and I mean, I had so right before I started smoking, I had a girlfriend, and I was, you know, going after a job, and I, uh, I basically had no worries or no problems, if that makes sense. Yeah, and and then how old were you when you started using marijuana? I was eighteen, but that's one of those things. Like I, I might have started using it at seventeen, but I can't really remember. But the first time I remember using marijuana was alone in my room. And I bought a bunch of marijuana and kind of experimented to see how far it could go. And this is the spring of my senior year. And my grades were already pretty bad because I, well, I went into this college that was uh, essentially like a grad school. So we worked on one thesis paper throughout the whole thing. And we did science experiments all the time. And we worked on a boat and um, I couldn't keep up with the really, really smart kids. You know, my teacher said something that that like really brought me down. She said um, the the highest, the biggest drop from GPA from your high school to your college is uh, was my high school, which was Salt High School. So we had uh, the most inflated grades if that's how you want to look at it. So basically I was like, what the heck? I'm getting 4.0, not because I'm smart, but because um, but because I, I have inflated grades. And I remember uh, my uh, junior year of high school, which would have been my first year going to this, uh, it's called the Ocean Research College Academy. And my first year going to that, my grades slipped up pretty bad because I was just uh, having to... Uh, compete with the the super smart kids from the area because they kind of draw in the best of the best and anyways uh by senior year i kind of just gave up and i was like well i mean why don't i just start smoking like all the cool kids and uh that's what kind of drew me in and i was like well i mean that's what most kids do these days they just kind of hang out and smoke weed so uh so i gave it a try and it sucked me into my bedroom for nights on end you know, I mean, it took me away from my relationships and I, I was not really hanging out with friends as much. I was more kind of stressed out about everything. Uh, I mean, it really dug a hole for me to, you know, basically just lay and watch TV. And it was it was kind of a terrible place to be. But uh, can, Adam, can you can you clarify? And maybe we need to ask your mom too to clarify. Were you in high school taking college classes? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I just uh, just wanted to clarify that. So then, when you started using marijuana and um, during high school, and you became isolated, did you did you feel like you were addicted to it at that time? Uh, I thought it was completely normal. I thought you know most kids do this all the time, and I did. I didn't really see much of a difference in my behavior or my mental attitude, and it really was like I had mental illness and didn't even know about it. Because I was kind of sh- maybe a lot shyer in school, and maybe stop hanging out with my friends, and it, I mean, it maybe not really enjoy life anymore. Um, that's kind of the way that it kind of went, and um, I was just looking to party at that point, and um, that's kind of the route that I that I decided to go down was the party route, you know. And in order to do that, you got to kind of uh, harden your heart a little bit, and um, 
you know, just loosen the reins. Harden your heart, loosen the reins. That's what my philosophy gave. Okay. And then, and so it was really normalized to you, just like an everyday thing. And then you're in college. Could you share with us when your first episode of the psychosis happened? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so the first episode, so I was kind of a stoner for the first few years. And what you do when you're smoking weed is you, you start to get paranoid about things that aren't really there. So I was dealing with psychosis pretty much the whole time. And it was like, who's talking from where? And I was listening to people's voices that were in the room with me. So that's kind of how the psychosis started. But I didn't start hearing voices into my head until I did a bunch of uh, Adderall one night. And uh, so I did, this is sophomore year, right? So uh, so we're going to skip over freshman year, which was, uh, it was a stoner year. I kind of hung out and I smoked weed and I played video games and I watched TV and I went to class sometimes, but I barely went to class, you know? And I was kind of just hanging out in the dorms most of the time. And then, uh, and then I, I joined a fraternity the second year and that kind of drove up and ramped up my partying. So, uh, so the, I joined the fraternity the second half of the year and then sophomore year comes by and I don't even remember when this happened. This is like, this is one of the things I, I'm going to have to get back to like meditation and stuff, but I don't even remember when it happened. I think it would have been the, uh, the spring or the i mean it's it was probably the springtime maybe and this is when i took a bunch of adderall and i remember talking to the spirit for a little bit and it wanted to come in and it was talking about how it that it sold its soul to me or something like that and maybe i sold my soul to it and then it said that it's going to come in and it's going to bury me and I was laying in bed and the spirit came and it was like all blue. And uh, she came in and she said uh, something about like something about not doing drugs, maybe. But then it turned into you need to do more drugs. Like, it, I mean, it really was a temptress in a half. And I mean, it, it from that point on, it really took over my life. And uh you know, at first it was kind of curiosity. I'm so glad that I didn't end up staying with the hard drugs. And I just, you know, I leveled out back down to the weed. And the weed kind of, it, it caused a bunch of havoc for me because I would I couldn't really talk to anybody but that voice. For the most part, it became spoken weed and talking to the voice became my ritual and my daily bread pretty much. And I stopped going to class pretty much entirely. I hung out and I smoked weed and I waited for the next party. And that's who I became, you know, and the drinking was involved too. So I'd be pretty heavy on the drinking. Uh, but it was the weed that, that really drove this thing because I'd wake up in the mornings and I'd have to light up a bowl and smoke a bunch of weed. And it would like it would ruin my days. I had days where I didn't talk to anybody, but I was at parties the whole time. You know, I just hung out and they're like, why? I mean, they looked at me and they're like, why you keep talking to the sky? You know, you're just talking to nobody. And then I, I had to be like, well, 
you know, well, I didn't share my story with anybody. That was a significant point of it because I hit it as, as hard as I could. And this is uh, the spirit of a girl who I saw on Facebook like one time and I didn't even see her in person. And um, like, there's some sketchy things that I feel like might have happened because she was at a party one time, but then like, she never came back maybe and um i didn't see her live publicly until my senior year and this was the beginning of the year it was initiation week that i saw her uh she was with her boyfriend from a far way away i saw her and her boyfriend and this is totally legit like i could i could vouch for this um i wasn't on any like hard drugs or anything like that and like I mean, this is a day that I, I tried to take hard drugs, but they weren't real. And they kind of did nothing. It was like a placebo effect. And anyways, I saw her and her boyfriend. Her boyfriend was yelling at her. And I, I saw them from a far away. So I knew this was a real girl. And I saw her using the same talk that I used. So I put two and two together. And I'm like, this shit's real, right? And uh, anyways, I just left the party because she had a boyfriend. And this is... The whole time we're kind of having a love story if that makes sense and but she's obviously got other things going on that don't really correlate with what was really happening so like she uh i mean comparing it to today she says like one or two things to me and then she you know talks to everybody else like way more than she talks to me so i'm not getting much of her her talk or anything if that makes sense and that's one of the reasons why I got to drive her out is because I I don't receive anything good from her. It's all evil, if that makes sense. So the, this girl, Adam, is is a, is a delusion, but you feel like she's a real person, too, at the same time? No, no, no. She's an actual real person, and I actually met her at parties. I saw her at parties. I met her up close, but she never talked to me. So I would go to parties and I, this is just all the weed. So I know it's real and I wasn't blacked out drunk or anything like that, but there's a couple parties where she would hunch over next to one of my friends. I would come in and she would say, he's the Lord. He's the Lord. He's the Lord. Until I would go away because I would just be like, you're so disgusting that I don't want to talk to you. And that's what she did is she hunkered down next to a dude, called him the Lord and said, if you don't obey him, I'm going to leave. And so I was like, I mean, what do you really want, Nikki? That's what I'd say to her. And she's like, wouldn't reply. She would just run away in her head. And uh, so anyways, we, we this is a real girl. And I'm pretty sure the voice thinks real. Like if somebody, if we... Like, there's lots of scenarios that'll happen, but I'm pretty sure it's actually coming from her. The delusions and stuff, most of them are connected to her. And there's, uh, but there's, okay, so here's where it gets interesting. So I ended up, you know, senior year was the year that I saw her in the thing, and I was just trying to, like, detach myself from everybody. Because I knew that they knew about it, so they weren't going to tell me about it in person, so I wasn't going to trust a liar, right? And anyways, I couldn't trust any of my friends. I was going wild. I was paranoid that we were going to get raided by the FBI. 
And um, it was literally a hell year for me. Like I had no family, no friends. And then the voice thing kept saying it was going around sleeping with all my friends. And so it made my life a living hell. So the voice really got engraved in me. And then it said that it was going to be friends with all my friends. And um, I mean, to this day, I don't really know what happened, but I could only assume that she was a drug dealer doing heroin with them all. And she had a husband. So she dated this guy that I saw at the at the one initiation ceremony that she was with that who was yelling at her. And um, anyway, she stuck with that guy. So I don't think she was sleeping around with these people but she was definitely in my apartment complex many times where i was trying to lay in bed and get some sleep she was yelling out windows she was bashing people's doors in she was just acting all sorts of crazy when i was trying to sleep in my own little cell of a box thing at the apartment complex but anyways like i would go try and chase her down and she would be gone and then my friends would act all nitty gritty like they just did something. They got, they're trying to hide something. So her, it's literally her tactic was, you know, get as close as she can to me and then try and make me feel terrible because of what she's doing. And um, anyways, she tortured me for the rest of that year. They, tr- they got into my cell phone a couple of times and started yelling at me. And I remember this specifically, they had this all set up and like, it's the weirdest app ever, but once I started yelling back, they shut it off. Okay. And uh, anyways, like, so the things that, so that might have all been a delusion. I can't confirm any of that. But anyways, uh, what I can confirm is later on when I'm getting the jobs and stuff, she's the only thing that she's saying is you got to stop vaping said everything else is okay, but you really got to stop vaping. That, that's my biggest no-no for you. And anyways, I ended up going to the mental hospital once where I stopped vaping. And she showed up at my workplace a couple of days later. This is totally legit. She's in a black SUV standing right outside of the black SUV. And I just walked past her because I couldn't deal with her BS. And this is a real girl, though. That's the weirdest part. And uh, so she's kind of been stalking me ever since. I've been uh, on and off jobs. I've been on marijuana most of the time. And that's why I can't hold, that's why I couldn't hold out a job. And that's why, uh, that's why her voice is allowed to get in, or at least was allowed to get in. It's because my marijuana addiction opened, I mean, essentially, I want to say it's like opening a portal from hell. Uh, Like you have, this person who's spitting you the most evil stuff because they hate you so much because you rejected them or whatever. And I, I mean, it's one of those things that I feel righteous of what I've done, but she just looks terrible for what she done. Uh, Adam, because- that, that sounds awful that, um, that you were experiencing that and not knowing if it was a delusion or not. We're, we're, but in, when this was all happening, were you in denial that marijuana was causing these hallucinations? Yes. I totally thought it was the nicotine. That was one of the things that she got me with. One of the tricks that she comes up with is it's not the marijuana that causes the psychosis. It's the nicotine. So if you're going to be smoking nicotine, you might as well be smoking marijuana. That's one of the things that she got me with. 
another thing that she really likes to get me with is you can't be rich and famous unless you smoke the marijuana. And that's her lifestyle that she tries to sell to me. And I'm, you know, at this point, I'm like, I don't want any of that crap. I just moved it all to her side. And then I'm going to quit the marijuana. And I already did. And it's already over. And it's going to take a few more months, but she's going to be gone. She's uh, not going to be able to talk to me. And when she can't talk to me, what's she going to do? Because I'm the only one that treats her good anymore. You know, all of her friends know she's full of BS and they don't even want to hang out with her anymore. So, so Adam, I'm, when you first experienced the psychosis, you mentioned that you took Adderall that night. Were you blaming it on the Adderall that or that contribute to the psychosis? And you were in denial for a few years that marijuana was contributing to your yeah, psychosis. Okay. I think so. I the thing is, if I saw and read more cases about it, I would be a little bit more knowing of what's going on. But I don't know if you could get the strict auditory hallucinations with just marijuana. My assumption is that you need a little bit harder substance to get it in, but the marijuana keeps it going. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's kind of like a, a fire's burning of the psychosis. And then if you add the Adderall to it, it just was like a, ignited it even more the way I understand it. But but we, we do have people that understand psychosis much more than I do. So maybe maybe in the end, we can talk about that more. Um, how many times have you been hospitalized for psychosis? Um, I, just twice, right? Yeah, it's just twice. And then I went to jail once. Okay. Uh, yeah, so the hospital experience, uh, it the first time it drove me bad. And the voices, they eventually, they went away after a few days, but they keep coming in and checking on you. And this is with, you know, this is stop smoking marijuana. And then, okay, so I was smoking marijuana when I went in. And then I was, it's about, takes about three or four days of healthy mindfulness to get the voices out, but they keep coming back, tempting you. So you got the thing that I'm fully invested in is that if you stop marijuana for six months, they aren't allowed back in your life. That's what I'm invested on. You know, if that doesn't happen, you know, I'm going to have to rethink it a little bit, you know, maybe cut out the vape too and the caffeine and a few other things. But I, I'm fully invested with the with the idea that getting the marijuana out for six months gets the voices out for good. You know, I don't think it's going to have to do anything with the nicotine or the caffeine because they aren't they aren't mind altering. They're more uh, uh they they aren't mind altering as as much as the marijuana. I mean, they're supposed to be you know a little bit better for you in, in ways. But uh, I mean, they aren't good for you, but they are. They don't make you trip out and hallucinate. Yeah. But, so was it was it this last hospitalization that you finally um, started accepting that marijuana and, and your I mean, I know you've gotten diagnosed with cannabis induced psychosis. Your mother has shared that with me. Um, but even though you had that diagnosis in the past and you didn't you didn't accept it. Was this last hospitalization where you accepted that, yes, marijuana is the main contributing factor. Now you've agreed to stay off the marijuana for six months. 
Yes. Well, I'm, I'm cutting it out for good. That's what I say. But uh, anyways, so I got, I was in Idaho and I brought marijuana into Idaho, which is totally illegal, right? And anyways, I smoked the marijuana in Idaho and with all these factors pressuring me, you know, with Nikki, she's stalking me. So she's right outside the house. And I saw her in Idaho too. And anyways, so I'm getting stalked and I've smoked a weed and my mind goes straight to hell. And I see her in a hallucination. She's getting crucified in front of a crowd of people. And anyways, uh, I freaked out a little bit because I can't close my eyes anymore. Or else I'll hallucinate that. But I can't stay awake because then I'm going to go crazy. And I'm sitting in bed. And one of my best friends from high school's voice comes out. And I don't hear voices from other people that aren't there usually. But this is where they started popping out of nowhere. My friend from high school is telling me that he's gay and he's going to have sex with another friend from high school that's a dude in my backyard. And anyways, it was the biggest hell portal that I've ever opened before. And it destroyed me and it made me go manic crazy. So I went to the stage concert that was near us and I started screaming my head off. And eventually the cops came and I ran. You know, I got away from them. But I ended up going home and uh, freaking out for a couple days, a little bit manic. I did. I was sleeping, but then the last minute of it, I went a little bit crazy and uh, was yelling at home. And then these guys called the mental hospital on me, so I went to the mental hospital. I mean, your mom, your mom, and your dad called for help. Yeah, that's a you have a good mom and dad. Right. I mean, it worked out in the end. Like I said, I'm done with the marijuana. It's stupid. It really just ramps up all the terrible stuff that's happening. It makes you paranoid. And I don't can't tell what's real at this point. You know, what was the Idaho trip for her? Like, I don't, I mean, it's not that I really care too much, but I want to know because it's, it's such a big part of my life at this point that it's, it, it's made me crazy and it's brought me to hell and back. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm dealing with the psychosis. I'm telling her every day, you know, you're going to have this for very long. I'm not going to be talking to you for very long. You're literally not even going to be able to get it. And I'm one month sober. And I went to the beach the other day. And right. And I went to the beach the other day. And we ended up blocking the voice out. So, I mean, my psychosis was kind of with everybody on the beach. So I'm still kind of tripping. I hallucinate a little bit. But for the most part, we blocked her out for a solid three or four hours. And that's the longest I've gone with sanity. You know, I wake up in the morning and she's already bumbling in my face how I'm going to die today. (sighs) Right? I mean, it's terrible, terrible stuff. And I'm like, girlfriend, dude, if you're thinking about that stuff so much, you need to, you know, get help or something. And I mean, her claim is that they're clean and sober. And that's the only reason why she's going so bad. But I've. I doubt that, you know, I've heard she's on really hard drugs. I've heard she smoked weed. So that's why she hallucinates so much. But anyways, I, what I'm working on is getting the hallucinations out because what happens is she'll want to come in. She'll be like, Hey, can I come in? And since I've, uh, I've only been one month sober, I can't say no. I'll be like, sure, whatever. And then she gives me a hallucination where she's either coming to my door or trying to have sex with me or something like of that nature. So, I mean, it, it's really gross in nature and it really freaks people out. 
So it's something that I've been working on, driving out uh, through the marijuana, not using marijuana. And that's the thing is it, I just got to stay off the marijuana. And I mean, eventually it's it's going towards zero. So it, it it's kind of like a wave. So what she'll do is she'll get really mad and then she'll get really happy and then she'll get really mad. She'll get really happy. And my I'm stable. So I'm like a pretty high energy too. So I'm like up here a little bit. I don't really get depressed anymore or anything like that because I'm not using. And um, I mean, it feels great because I'm on my meds and everything. And it feels really good because I'm not using. But uh, for her, she goes through a cycle of... Um, I mean, I guess it is, it's actually my cycle too. It's, it's like a come home. You should be here. And then it's like, oh my gosh, you need to leave. This is terrible. And it's so unhealthy. And then she's like, why do I need to leave? And I'm like, I'm just like, because you won't come home, you know, because you won't come back to me or anything like that. And then she's like, well, I'm never going to come back to you if you're using. And then I'm like, well, I'm never going to use again. And then she's like, well, what are you going to do about that? I'm like, I mean, it's all we got's time, baby. And like, and then we kind of like argue like that. But eventually, the marijuana's out already. And eventually, I can tell what's going to happen is she's just not going to be able to talk to me. And if she is going out and stalking me in real life, she'll probably be curious to what I'm doing and what I'm trying to say. So then she'll come over. But if she's not stalking me in real life anymore and she loves her husband again, then I'm just going to move on with my life. It's going to be so easy for me to move on. Well, Adam, I am so um, impressed that you are working so hard to um, get rid of the voices, get rid of the hallucinations so you can find that peace. And that was like really uh, amazing to hear that you had that three or four hours of peace when you were at the beach with your, your family and I, I hope you have more moments like that. And those moments get, um, they're, they're with you more and more. And um, I, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing um, this with us. Um, it takes a lot of courage to be very honest with what's going on um, with you and, and how marijuana has, has um, you know, really caused you a lot of pain. So um, I can say that I, and I probably could speak for everybody on this call that we are, we totally support you in your healing and your recovery. And we're so glad that you've decided not to use anymore. And um, I'm also really glad that you have a really supportive mom who's by your side. So, you know, um, I, I don't know, do you ever ask her what's real and what's not real when you're having those confusing times? Oh, all the time. Yeah. And like I said, dude, feel free to ask me questions. I'm open to skepticism, but this girl has, I mean, I have real evidence of her messaging me on Facebook. So this girl's real and she has the same mental disorders. She admitted to it. And this is like, well, the good news is we get to focus on you. You know, I think, I think that's the best thing, you know, every day, each day, each minute of the day, think about you and what's best for you and what's going on with your family, you know? So if, if you're getting distracted by it, I, I know you're developing those tools to, to keep the focus back on what's healthy and safe for you. And um, so I, I just keep encouraging you to do that. And I know you're, uh, you've got uh, doctors around you too that are guiding you and, and doing that. And we're, let's ask your mom a little bit of questions now. 
Um, Mary, did you want to add anything to to this? Um, um, uh, not not really. I mean, he, uh, she, she is definitely a real person. Okay. Um, but all the interactions that he's having with her, um, I know he feels like they're real. Uh, but I, I believe that they're, uh, you know, hallucinatory. So. I mean, I could show you her Facebook messages. No, I hundred oh, percent I, I believe you, Adam. I do. I hundred percent believe you. So, um, I mean, okay. yeah, I'm fine. But like, so I saw a girl that looked like her yesterday and I approached this girl and I was like, are you Nikki? And she's like, no. And I looked at her straight face to face, but it didn't really look like her. So, I mean, it's kind of funny. And it's like, I'm recovering and like, I'm meeting all these girls that kind of look like her. But so, I mean, that's kind of what it is. But the Jeep moment, I remember very vividly going to parties two times when she was with two of my brothers. And she wouldn't let me into her headspace because she was so consumed with the dude. She was like this. And she stayed like this during the whole party. Oh, wow. And I remember those vivid moments. And I hate her so much for doing that. I really do. Because for me, I go around meeting everybody at parties. And that's my goal. It miss shit, you know. But for her, it was staying with the dude that she's with and going like this. And whispering his freaking ear. It's so It was so disgusting that it threw me off of her. And it made me... I mean, it gave, it gave her the worst image that I've ever had of anybody ever. And that's what she is right now. And I tried to save her, but it's so tough to do. Uh, it's really tough to do. Yeah. Like I, I just encourage you to keep focusing on yourself, you know, think about what's, you know, how to take care of yourself, which is easier said than done. Right. Even with or without psychosis. Right. So I know yeah. it's, I, I'm just like really impressed that you're, you're really sharing these, I mean, like really scary moments. So I, I'm right. I'm an open book. I'm down to share pretty much anything, but like I said, like, I don't really remember the two years of college that I went through because it wasn't only the marijuana. I was drinking a lot too. Mm -hmm. So the alcohol made me forget things and it wasn't short-term forgetful memory, but it's long-term forgetful memory. And that's induced by the marijuana. So as long as I stay on the marijuana, which I've, confident that i will this time because i got such a negative disdain for my last trip you know i don't want to see people getting crucified in a hallucination it's the worst trip you could possibly have well you you talked about going to jail one time yeah um, could you talk a little bit more about that so this is what i was using at home so i would go to the garage and i would have I would be smoking dabs, which are a high concentration of marijuana, and I would be drinking a lot. I wasn't using any hard drugs at the time that I went to jail, but I was drinking a lot and I was smoking a lot. And these voices were telling me that everybody in the world was watching me, so I was in full belief that everybody in the world was on camera watching me at this very moment. And they said, what are you going to do about it? You know, and they kept pushing me and pushing me. And eventually I was like, I'm going to go out and, you know, I'm going to destroy things because you guys are so freaking annoying. So I went out with spray paint and a hammer and went and 
tagged a bunch of banks and then spray painted a Walmart and then threw a hammer through the window. Mm-hmm. And like, I I know that it was just paranoia from the dabs. And the, I mean, well, I mean, it was a combination of mental illness and substance abuse. But I mean, what was going on through my head is everybody's watching me. So why can't, why shouldn't I, you know, pay everybody back for watching me? And this is something that I still kind of struggle with. I've, I always think that I can talk to anybody I want just by talking in open air. And that's, I mean, it's it's super toxic belief to have. But I mean, it's slowly going away, coming down from the marijuana. I, I think you speaking out will, will help um, other people understand that it's real. I mean, especially to you you know, and that it, it can be really scary and um, have really um, devastating consequences like ending up in jail, you know, and um, and, and not knowing and forgetting things. I, I think that sounds scary, too, to forget. Adam, how did marijuana affect your social life? I can tell you, uh, even when I stopped smoke, smoking marijuana for one day and I started just drinking the beer. I would have a social butterfly effect and I would just run around the party beating everybody and having a good time. But if I smoked the marijuana, I would sit there and I would talk to the voice that was in kind of the court, the left corner of the room. And I would sit there and I would just talk to the voice and it able to do anything. I kind of had to have the voice going along with me. But I mean, this is kind of the small rooms that were people that I knew that I knew they were kind of all kind of jackasses. But anyways, like I would just kind of sit there and then I would kind of venture out on my own or do something else, but it would be so hard to meet people because with the marijuana, you can't look people in the eyes for very long. You, you get, you smoke the marijuana and you got to kind of bow down to them a little bit like this. And then you kind of shut off everything in here and you kind of just, kind of roam around like this and i use my inner voice a lot which people shouldn't be able to hear but maybe they do i don't know and anyways like i would kind of sit around using my inner voice trying to communicate telepathically with these people and i would not say anything until everybody shut up and that was like kind of my my vibe and it was it was terrible it was angry and it was uh, it was just a hard person to be around so i totally understand why everybody started blocking me out and everything in my in my original friend group but uh adam are you getting out more now that you've stopped using marijuana the beach the other day and i talked to like 20 people you know i didn't even know of so like i was just hanging out and like people would be showing up and i'd be like hey how's it going i wasn't drinking i wasn't using any substances just well i mean nicotine but I mean, I was, I was just, uh, I was just hanging out and I would talk to everybody. That's how I am naturally. So I freaking love mm-hmm. getting back there, but it's still going to take, some, it's right. I mean, it's still going to take some time because I still have the voice and I still have the hallucinations. So even mm-hmm. when, um, even like, so, um, yeah, I mean, that's one thing that I worry about is if it doesn't go away in six months, then, uh, that I'm going to have to drop, you know, a lot of other things too. And I'm going to have to work way harder, but I'm pretty confident that it's just going to disappear within six months. 
And it's, I, I'm pretty confident that it's just the marijuana that ramps up your thyroid. It ramps up your your inner voice and your outer voice. I mean, it wraps up everything to kind of, you know, it's a terrible cocktail to have when you have no. uh, bad things. Adam, how long have you been sober? I've never actually done sobriety uh, from the marijuana for three months. So that's one of my new milestones is last time it, it was two months and she was not there throughout the day she would just came in in little snippets so that i mean that's something that i'm looking forward to but after three months like she could be gone in three months you know it, so yeah. i'm looking i'm looking forward to it how, how old are you now adam i'm 25 25 well you're very well spoken so you, you're really explaining things well what is your most urgent message to people who are thinking about using marijuana um, let's see. So would you recommend that people use marijuana? I would say, you know, I would just throw them a statistic and say 95% of marijuana users don't enjoy going to work in the morning. Right. So if you smoke the marijuana, you might start to believe everybody from your office is watching you and you're going to have to be mindful of that everywhere you go. So if you don't want to have to be mindful of that, it's like, it's let me tell you, it's like being thrown into a prison. So if you don't want to have to be mindful of that, don't smoke the marijuana. You know what I mean? I think that's that's the biggest thing for smoking the marijuana is you you're going to bring evil spirits into your house. You know, whether or not you know what's happening, it's just going to happen. So don't even use it because the good life, the family life, the home life, and all that stuff is way more worth it. And uh, yeah, and this is this is like, uh, yeah, I'm super excited. What, what, it, what do you want people that are using marijuana and that might be experiencing psychosis to know? What message do you give them? There's a direct link with the marijuana, the paranoia, the always being watched, the voices in your head. There's a direct link between the marijuana and the stuff. And as long as you stop using, which marijuana is not fun when you're having a bad time, as long as you stop using, you're going to be okay. You know, I'm one month sober and my memory's coming back, my dreams are coming back. And I don't have to worry about where I left my water bottle because I remember where I left my water bottle. You know what I mean? It's something so simple, but it feels so good to be able to remember things like that. And you you aren't alone in recovery. So, um, but what I would say is, um, it you know it takes it takes it might take about a month, but I think if you're if you're um, I mean, society will re-induct you. You know, you aren't you aren't going to lose anything. For people are going to forgive you for using the marijuana. You aren't going to be a permanent terrible person. You just got to stop using it. It's as simple as that. That is such a powerful message, Adam. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Every Brain Matters podcast. It's important that you share this podcast with your family and friends, legislators, educators, or any stakeholders so we can raise awareness and start to end this public health crisis 
that has been caused by the predatory addiction for profit marijuana industry. Thank you. 